If you've been role-playing for any length of time, you'll no doubt have heard of the most famous polyhedrals. There is, of course, the D4, Nature's Caltrop, the D6, the D8, the D10, D12, and D20. If you're a bit more experimental with your dice, and or play Dungeon Crawl Classics, then you may have even heard of, or used, the strangely shaped Zochi dice, the D3, D4, D14, D16, and even a D24. There's no denying it, us role players love dice. Nostalgic ones, shiny ones, pearlescent and jam, to name but a few. However, it can be a hassle rummaging for a full set of dice, or trying to find that particular D10 that you like using. But what if I told you there was another way? A way to run games using only the most affordable and easily obtainable dice known to man. Welcome back to the Red Dice Diaries, I'm your host John, and today we're going to discuss the tyranny of dice, and how a single RPG caused me to reconsider my approach to them, and also threw me headfirst down a nostalgic rabbit hole. But before we get on to that, cue the music. So the game I'm going to talk about in this particular episode is a game that I'm shortly going to be running at a local convention, and that is the Easy D6 game written by GM Scotty. And this isn't going to be a review of Easy D6. If you're interested in it, it's a high-octane fantasy game that uses only D6s, as the name suggests, to create a a very easy sort of off-brand version of D&D, although I think that's probably doing the game a little bit of a disservice. But now, in this episode, I'm going to talk about the effect that reading this role-playing book had on myself, rather than the specifics of the game itself, and why it caused me to rethink, perhaps, my approach to dice. So, to start off, I'd been looking for a role-playing game to run at a small local convention. I've been running games there for the past couple of years, and recently I started running what I term my Blood Island hex crawl game. And it's a pretty simple concept. Essentially, it's a big hex map of a jungle-filled island, and the players go and explore it in the best hex crawl fashion. Last year, I had not really that much time to put together the map. It was all a bit last minute. It was drawn on multiple sheets of A4 paper, sort of sellotaped together. And it worked for it, but we had great fun. I had loads of young players, older players, people of uh, all various different ages, and they all seemed to really enjoy it. We ran it last year with old school essentials, and I effectively just took a big stack of pre-gen characters. People picked one, we threw a few people together in a party, they had a couple of hours to explore the island, the, the sort of vague background being that they'd been employed by a trading guild to go and explore the island for potential resources, for future habitation, stuff like that. Now, as I was preparing this year, I decided I wanted to run the same game again. I was going to move the timeline forward by a year. So there's now a small fortress that has been built on the island as a safe haven, but lots of it still remains unexplored. And there's a couple of little encounters and things I've thrown on there that are influenced by what happened in the previous year's game. For instance, we had a player who killed... A, a number of sheep belonging to an orc shepherd that they met 
and he was very not pleased by that. So I've put in the sort of area where they encountered him, there is now a tribe of hostile orcs there who see the the player characters as wanting to steal all their goods and sort of kill their animals and stuff like that. And that's how I'm hoping to run it going forward, with each year's sort of gaming feeding into the next game, which is both makes it ideal for me as a GM because I don't have to do massive amounts of prep since all of the sort of prep and stuff like that is effectively being done by the players in the previous year. All I really have to do is have a set of tables for generating what's in unexplored hexes when they move into those, and also you know, take the character sheets, have a rule system, stuff like that, and of course, take the dice. Now, for this local convention, that the first couple of times I went to it, I wasn't driving due to medical reasons, so I had to travel very light. Basically, I could carry only what I could fit in a small backpack. So I took my couple of old school essentials rules tomes, folded up my map, threw a a number of bags of dice in there, some pencils, stuff like that. Folded up the carrot sheets, just about managed to fit it in. But obviously, as time's gone, even though I'm now driving, I still don't want to be lugging vast amounts of stuff down with me. But I still want to make the game as visually impressive as I can and as enjoyable for people as I can. So, this year, I've used Hex Kit to create a large version of... Of the hex map from the previous year and i've paid um, on the, the vista print website to have a, a sort of a1 sized version of that map printed as like a big poster i've got a couple of copies of that so i've basically got a spare and that can be used as the map it's all nice and colorful a lot more visually impressive than the previous years there's a couple of little notes and stuff i've put on it and the idea is going to be is as we go along i can make notes or put like little sticky labels on the map to label out the things people find and that will update the map for future adventurers so they're sort of building this tapestry of the adventurers they go along i've also been looking at streamlining other things now don't get me wrong i love old school essentials it's one of my favorite systems however i've recently come into possession after a few people recommended it to me a copy of the easy d6 role-playing game and that's, as I said, it's a fantasy game, but it really focuses on sort of punchy convention scenarios, which is ideal because, as I've said, each team or each group is only going to have a couple of hours to explore the island. So I really want them to get the most bang for their book, but I don't want them to have to be worrying about the rules and stuff like that. Now, Old School Essentials is very simple, but at low levels, let's face it, most sort of older games aren't that cinematic now if i'm running a campaign i love starting that zero to hero and sort of building my way up and stuff like that however for a one-off i just want something a little bit more punchy and i believe easy d6 deals with that in spades essentially it's got a, a more sort of free form magic system and it's based around the idea of you roll a d6 you have to beat or equal a difficulty number set by the GM or the armor class of your foe if you're trying to hit somebody. If you do that, you succeed and you roll damage or you go on to succeed at the task or whatever. 
if you have sort of like background skills or your class particularly helps you, you can effectively roll for advantage. So you get to roll an extra d6. And if either of the results come up as a success, you've succeeded. If you're, I don't know, you're suffering negative conditions or there's some other thing that's going to impact you negatively, you roll at a disadvantage where you roll 2d6 and you take the worst results. And there's a few little bits and pieces that add on to that. A magic works in a slightly different way, but essentially that's the very basics of it. But one of the things that really struck me about it, as well as the fast-paced sort of convention style that it leans towards, is the fact that the game only actually uses D6s. Now, don't get me wrong, I provided dice on the previous years for people playing the game, and everyone was really good with them. They all got returned at the end. Some people even bought their own dice, and that was great. However, I thought this year what I'd love is I'd love to just be able to have a massive stack of dice that I could take with me and just go, boom, there we go. Plenty of colourful dice. People can pick what they want, and we can just crack on with it. But I also didn't want it to cost the earth you know gotta look after those pennies however as i was reading easy d6 i thought well i wonder what i could get like a big bag of d6 for i went on amazon searched for six-sided dice multi-pack and i got a massive stack of them with a free bag and it ended up costing me about £10 in British money, which at the time of recording is about $12 US. And that got me 100 dice. They're not the biggest dice in the world, but they're not absolutely tiny. They're, they're obviously made of cheap sort of acrylic plastic with just a little like, white dots on them for the numerals. But they're absolutely fine for D6s. And I'm not going to be annoyed or upset if like a few of them get lost or damage because like I said they didn't cost me a great deal so with that I've basically shrunk all of my dice down to one sort of fist sized bag of dice one very small rule book so easy d6 book is in that digest format and it's not a very bulky book but it more than has all the stuff you need in it to run an adventure also coming up with monsters for it is very simple and easy to do which is great for me because on this jungle island i want to have lots of dinosaurs and lots of crazy exciting creatures but i don't want to have to spend weeks and weeks designing those creatures whereas with easy d6 it's very simple to quickly create monsters or adapt them which is another great thing about it i also as i said i like the fact that the the magic system whilst systemically is very simple is more improvisational in nature allowing wizards and spellcasters to just sort of state the effect of what they want to do the gm sets a difficulty number they have to beat that difficulty number there's a few extra bits to it but by and large that's it and that's great for a convention scenario because in a convention game where it's all just about crazy fun i want the wizards to be like pulling off crazy shears and just like trying odd stuff i want them to have that excitement about the magic and the abilities that their characters have so there are a few reasons why I decided to go for easy d6 this year when i'm running the campaign and i'm also quite liking the fact that the campaign will allow me to try out multiple different rule systems each year assuming i decide to change but 
I mentioned earlier that it had thrown me down a nostalgic rabbit hole. Well, I'm going to talk a little bit about that now. It, said, it threw my mind back to a time when we had a, a sort of war games. I mean, it's before I really got into role-playing games. We had a sort of war games and board games club at my secondary school. And we didn't really have any equipment back then. Obviously, we were very, like, poor young people with, like, not much money you know if you got a board game for christmas it was like amazing or if you got some like warhammer figures or whatever it was like the shit however what we did have was a desire to make our own games and a sort of attitude where we had to make do with what we've got and one of my earlier memories i believe it was my my father who first showed me this is that if you took one of the old sort of pencils you used to use at the school where they were sort of there like a, a sort of a hexagonal cross section if you used a like a pair of scissors or something to scrape the paint off a small section on each of the side you could write in six numbers and then just roll that pencil as a dice and I'm sure it wasn't balanced and it would give sort of odd results. But, you know, it's what we had. Then we didn't have any fancy dice. So we just ended up using these pencils and whatever dice we could scavenge, which was another good source of dice, you know, scrounging them out of family board games. And obviously they were always D6 as well, because that tended to be the most common dice you would find in board games at the time. And Easy D6 threw me back to that sort of early era, you know, scrounging dice out of board games, coming up with all these strange sort of little board games ourselves and cutting out little cardboard pieces and stuff like that. I vaguely remember that I tried to come up with some sort of aeroplane dogfighting game, which wasn't very good because I couldn't really wrap my head around how to represent 3D dogfighting in a sort of... 2d board environment and like i said i was more into my war games than my role playing back then in my younger days but i also remember f fondly now the the arguments in my house whenever we actually got out a board game when inevitably there'd be no dice in it and of course quite rightfully suspicious eyes would turn to me knowing that i'd probably nabbed those dice for use in one of the weird games i'd come up with or I'd probably lost them at school, or something like that. And it really made me chuckle to be, sort of, have my mind thrown back to those times. So, now, do I think games that use multiple sets of polyhedrals are bad? No, of course I don't. Like most role players, I love my dice, and it's great to have a nice, sort of, coloured set of dice, or if you want some old nostalgic ones to represent one of the old, like, sort of, earlier D&D style box sets, that's great as well. However, I also think that there's a place for simple systems like Easy D6 that only make use of one dice. I mean, after all, if we've got games now where they're producing proprietary sets of dice with strange symbols on, specifically designed for that game, and again, I've got no problem with that, that's absolutely fine, then why can't we also have role-playing games that only use a simple dice, the most commonly available dice. And I think, to be honest, a little bit of an unsung hero of the dice world. And of course, I if you've listened to the Purple Worm podcast that I host occasionally with my friends Colin and Pete from 
Spike Pit and Dragon's Are Real, respectively, then you'll know that we all love advanced fighting fantasy and fighting fantasy, and that always used D6 as well. So I think it's a shame that the, the sort of the poor old D6 gets a little bit lost nowadays amongst all these these fancy newcomer dice. And I think it's a lovely, and like I say, it, it really sort of twinged that nostalgia bone in me that Easy D6 reaches back to that time when the D6 was king because it's all we knew and it's all we had available. So there we are. There's a few of my thoughts about why I'm looking forward to running Easy D6 and rediscovering my love of that six-sided dice, the unsung hero of the dice world. In a month or so, when I've been to the local con, I'll probably produce another episode. I mean, hopefully I'll do some more before then, but I'll almost definitely do an episode where I talk about how the game went and stuff like that, and what my experience of EZD6 was like running it. So hopefully you'll join me for that. If you'd like to get in touch and tell me what your experiences were using the Mighty D6, do you love the D6? Do you hate it? Do you prefer all those polyhedrals? Do you want to see them thrown in the bin? Whatever. If you want to get involved in the conversation, there's a number of different ways you can do that. You can send us a voicemail using either SpeakPipe or Anchor. There'll be a link in the description down below of this episode. Or you can send us an email to rdrpgpodcast at gmail.com. So until we see you again, take care, stay safe, and whenever you're playing, have fun.